1: Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our epic celebration of Supernatural with a discussion about Sarah Gamble's era, which was season six and seven. But before we get into that, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Remember, we are taking listener support now for as little as $0.99 a month to $9.99 a month. Click on the link in the show notes or go to our anchor page and click listener support there. And as I've stated before, every month, 50% of whatever we see from that will be going to a particular Black Lives Matter organization. Um, For the end of November, it's going to be going to 5280 Black Lives Matter, which is the local one for Colorado. So, um, And then each month, I will announce a different one to kind of get... A different one is Spotlight. So if you have any suggestions of organizations we should highlight, please feel free to reach out to me via email or our social media. Okay, so I'm going to go around and introduce our panel and have them tell me one thing in pop culture that they're excited about right now. Start with you, Sasha. Uh,
2: yep, I'm Sasha, and uh, Aaron will be happy to know that this is Shudder related. Um, on Shudder, I found Discovery of Witches. Which I had the book for I never got to read the trilogy Because, well, I got busy with school and other things So when I found the series on Shudder I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and watch this So uh, it's just season one Apparently that's all that's out But it was a lot of fun And so there's your Shudder plug, Erin
1: <laughs> Awesome, because I haven't had anything to plug on Shudder In a couple of episodes
2: so. <laughs> I, I know, I was like, oh, she's going to be so excited <laughs> So, shutter still looking for that sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you. And then we have a first-time panelist on, which is very exciting. Um, Paula, do you want to introduce yourself and tell me one thing that you're into in pop culture right now?
3: Yeah, hi, I'm Paula, and uh, right now I'm very excited about The Mandalorian Uh my two loves are Star Wars and Supernatural, so, <laughs> um, so Mandalorian is very exciting for me right now. I've only only been able to see the first episode of this season, but I'm looking forward
1: to catching up on that. Awesome. See, I said this a few podcasts ago, and I said it last night. I know that for at least a month, every single podcast episode, one person is going to say <laughs> The Mandalorian, <laughs> and I was right. So thank you, and I'm very glad to have you on. So. Thanks. Thanks them and then the other erin
0: hi um yeah i have not cut up on the mandalorian yet um and i am refusing to watch the last episodes of supernatural so i've been um watching hellstrom on hulu which is very supernatural-esque i guess um it's a brother and sister and they kind of do the same sort of thing as Supernatural but um, so far it's really good I think I'm three episodes in um, and alternating between I've been trying to re-watch Supernatural um, season six and seven and anticipation of this and it's just been like so stressful like with everything else going on so I have to alternate between that and like the great British baking show because it like calms me down so that's what I've been watching
1: yeah, the Great British Baking Show is good for that, I think, to calm you down and to help. So, yeah, and this is Aaron and what I'm into, it's it's weird to recommend this because I have so many issues with this show, but uh the new season of This Is Us started and as I've stated before, I like like maybe one or two characters on the show <laughs> total, even though I continue to watch it, maybe three characters. Um, but most of the characters end up annoying me, but I'm happy that it's back. It's this weird thing where like I get excited to watch it and at the same time I roll my eyes most of the time. But it's interesting to watch what they're doing incorporating the pandemic and everything so that that's been interesting to watch. Okay, so let's get into Sarah Gamble's episode, episodes, era, Um, and if you are a fan of Supernatural, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this, as you know, she took over right after Eric Kripke left after the end of season five, and I think, unfairly, that she gets a lot of crap for her seasons and for a couple of choices she made, Um, and so... Even though I have some issues with certain parts of season six and certain parts of season seven, I think she deserves a little bit more credit because I think she was given a really, really hard task to take on, to take over from someone who's beloved and to have to manage a series that has such a devoted fan base. So I just want to initially, before we get into season six, just get everybody's thoughts overall, how you think Sarah Gamble handled this challenge? Um, how do you think she took it on, Sasha?
2: Um, so, again, I I went, I feel like in my brain, season six didn't exist. And I won't say how I keep phrasing it, but... um. It's just, it's funny. I I feel like I jumped from five to seven. I watched six, but it wasn't there. I think mostly because six was just kind of like a weird storyline. And then seven had kind of the Leviathans and the bad guys. So that's why it stuck out more for me. Um, she did have, you know, she had big boots to fill. And I know that she had been on, you know, part of the entire process, but, um, it's hard to follow Kripke. You know, I don't know. So I think I would not fault her for what she did or choices that she made. I think she did the best that she could with what she had, you know, with her ability level and what they kind of let her play with. So um, I don't think she was as terrible as other people may think she was. (laughs) Um, That's just my two cents. Awesome.
1: Yeah, and I will say really quickly, um, we did a poll just to see what everybody's favorite season was from her era. And six won, like, hands down. There were only a couple votes for season seven. So, yeah. And Paula, what are your thoughts on her overall?
3: Yeah, like you said, it, it must have been really tough taking over from Kripke. You know, they thought it was going to end after five for a while and then having to come up with, with new storylines. and And I'll admit, when I first saw season six, I hated it absolutely hated it, didn't know what they were doing with Sam's character. Um and in subsequent watches I enjoy it a lot more than I did on the first viewing. Season seven still not one of my favorites. It's it's a hard one for me to get through sometimes. And there's like you said, there's there's high points to it. But um you know, I mean, it kept the show going. So, you know, can't falter for that at all. You know, we still are we're here 15 years later with, with a, with a show still. So, um, yeah, you know, there were definitely, I think, you know, some missteps, but overall, you know, there, there are still episodes from both seasons that, that are really good. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And then other Aaron.
0: I agree. I think it started out a little rough, um but I I don't know if that's any fault of our own. Season 5 kind of like ended weird and I don't know, rewatching it I like it, but I am kind of like an optimist of I love pretty much every single episode um regardless of how like upsetting or sad or whatever it is. Um I don't like the whole Sam's a jerk sort of storyline there. <laughs> but I think I think she did a great job. Um, She did have big shoes to fill. And overall, I think she did great. I mean, she introduced us to Charlie, and I know we'll get into her later, but she's like my favorite ever. Um, And I think season seven, yeah, really picked up a lot of momentum, maybe. Um, But overall, I don't know. I like it, but I like
1: everything. so. That's awesome. Yeah, and I I do. I think she just had an impossible task, really. And I do agree. I think six was kind of stumbled a bit in the beginning. Um, I think more mid-season, it kind of found its stride and its footing and became better. And season six has some really phenomenal episodes when you look back. And the same with season seven, because I think season seven especially gets so much crap. Because of the whole Dick storyline and the whole Leviathans and everything like that. But when you look back on it, it's got, in my mind, some of the best episodes of Supernatural ever. Um, And, of course, you know, like was mentioned, it introduces us to Charlie. And Charlie is, you know, a fan favorite for sure. So, you know, there's a lot of gems in there. And I often wonder sometimes if part of the reason honestly, that she got so much crap was because she was a woman and she's the only female showrunner ever for the show. And, you know, even though the fan base of Supernatural, at least the one that's really vocal and online, is primarily female, that doesn't mean that you can't have women also berating other women. So I do think underneath it all, there is a little bit, a little level of that. And I think for Sarah Gamble I, Gamble, I think she is a really good showrunner, period. She brought us the show You, which is one of my absolute favorite shows. Um, so she is really talented and she's done some other shows that are great as well. So, yeah, I think I think she gets unfairly bashed a lot by the fandom. Yeah, I was going to say also she does
0: The Magicians now, which is also a really great show.
1: Yeah, that was the show I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that. I haven't watched it. And then um, really quickly, because I forgot to do this in the beginning, since Paula and Aaron weren't on our last episode, Kripke, I just want to know really quickly, Paula, um, when did you start watching Supernatural? And are you a Dean, Cass, or Sam girl? (laughs) Oh, I'm definitely a Dean girl. (laughs) Um, I
3: started watching, um, I didn't start watching until season eight. I I had to binge watch and caught up probably about a third of the way through season eight and then started watching it live. Um, And I had resisted watching it for a long time because, you know, it was a CW show and wasn't really, wasn't really a fan of most of what they did um, until I got talked into watching it by some friends and uh, still here, still love it. So
1: (laughs) Awesome. And always glad to have another Dean girl on here. If, if you, you know, from our last episodes, everybody will know that I adore that character more than any other character. So yeah. And Erin?
0: Yeah, I started watching it at the very beginning. Um, my husband and I watch it together. And it's one of the few shows that we watch together every single episode, um, every week. Um, and I have really vivid memories of like it, in 2005 was the year that we bought our first house. So like of us sitting in our brand new house watching our favorite show and it was just really fun. Um and also yes, Dean girl. I don't I don't know. I love him. It's the bad boy, the grumpiness cracks me up. Like I just he's great. But Sam is also very special.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'm wondering if we're going to have I know Sasha started out as a Sam girl and then became more of a Dean girl. So I wonder if we're ever going to have, if anyone else on our panels in the future on this one, I don't think so, is the Sam girl. That's kind of, kind of surprising me because I thought we had at least a couple. Um, but, of course, I'm a diehard Dean girl. Okay, so let's get into season six. Now, season six, of course, starts with Dean living the quote-unquote apple pie life with Lisa and her son, Ben. And he doesn't realize that Sam is still alive. And by the end of the first episode, we see Sam is back. Don't know why. He doesn't know why. So I want to just get into that with Dean living the apple pie life.
2: Did you like that, Sasha? I thought about this last night just because of the conversation that we had had about why would Dean go back to Lisa, the one night stand, like what was going on. And I think what it came down to was that there was a kid involved that Dean felt kind of responsible for. And I'm wondering if the reason that he did that was because he lost Sam and needed somebody to replace, to take care of. And I'm wondering if it's that, like, father role that he got trapped into. And that's why he did that. Um, I really want the apple pie life for Dean, though. Like, I just want him to have, like, that peace and that calm and, like, oh, we're at a barbecue, we're going to have some beers and, oh, I'm going to teach you how to fix the car, like that kind of stuff. Um, But that was my thought last night was like, I wonder if it's because he needed somebody that he needed to take care of and protect and stay in that role.
1: That's that's an interesting theory. Yeah. Hmm. And Paula? I guess I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah, uh, you know, he's always been a
3: caretaker, whether it was for Sam or his dad and, you know, he's kind of a caretaker for all the people that they try to save. So that absolutely makes sense. And yeah, I mean, I desperately want to see Dean have a a happy, (laughs) a happy life, but, um, it was still a little odd to see him kind of embrace it first for, you know, the year that he was there. Um, It just it just seemed odd that that he wouldn't still be involved in hunting and he would completely turn his back on it like that. But but it was nice to kind of see him get a little bit of happiness for the short time that he had it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Aaron,
3: yeah, I think it was really
0: sweet. It's nice that he got to sort of have the life that him and Sam didn't have when they were growing up he got to be a father figure for ben and kind of not have to hide that part of his life from lisa because she knew about his past and stuff if you know he tried to do that with a lot of other people he would have had to not be truthful about a lot of things and she understood so i thought that was really sweet um and at the end whenever she's just like well you gotta go and just come back when you can um she was really amazing for that and he did seem really happy for a while there um, until the end where he kind of missed it. And once Sam came back, it was just like he had to go. But I think it was nice for him to have like a little taste of the normal life that he he never had.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted him to have the apple pie life. My issue was always I don't like Lisa. I think she's a very boring character, um, which could be down to the writing Um, And I always thought, like I said on our last episode, that if Dean was to ever go back to somebody, I always thought it'd be Cassie. Because to me, Cassie, and yeah, it was all the way back in season one, so that's probably why they didn't do that. But Cassie, to me, was the one woman that Dean really, really loved. And so I always thought that would be who he would go back to. But Sasha, you mentioning Ben there, you know, that's an interesting thing because I've always thought Dean would be an amazing dad, and it always made me sad that he would never be a dad. So I can see that. I can see him choosing that so that he could have that fatherly role there. And even though you saw that he was comfortable in that life, he still, in the very beginning of the very first episode in season six, you see he still keeps, you know, holy water under his bed. He still has the warding, all that sort of stuff. So he's still prepared Because in his mind, it's never really going to go away, I think, is part of what he's thinking. Um, But I always wanted him to have that apple pie life. I just think I would have enjoyed it more if it was with a different character that I liked a little bit better. So that was my only issue with it, really. Um, And then, of course, at the end of that episode, he realizes that Sam is back or midway in that episode. Um, so what was everyone's initial reactions when they saw that Sam had returned? I mean, I know we saw him at the end of Swan song, but still when you saw him there and saw Dean, see him, Sasha.
2: Um, I think that there's, you always know that the boys are coming back. Like you always know that there's going to be something. And I think when Dean came back from hell, it was such a different like feel because of Cass and um just the way that he came back and him dealing with that trauma and then having sam just kind of appear and not really have like at the end when we see him under the street lamp of the episode before you know you know that he's there and you can see something's off so you're like is it really sam you just have that moment right of all right, Sam's back, but is it Sam that's back? Is Sam broken? What's going to be wrong? How, what's the new bad that they're going to have to fix and is Sam the bad? Um I think was my feel about the whole thing of him returning from hell cuz it he didn't go in in a good way. I mean, he went in with Lucifer and Michael and it was just not it was not going to end well. I think was my my thing and um so, yeah. And Paula, uh
3: it was, it was weird because, like you said, I wasn't sure. Is this really even Sam? I, my first thought was, this isn't Sam. Who, who is this? Really, is this? Did Lucifer get out of the cage and he's wearing Sam? Is it another demon? Is it a shapeshifter? I, I honestly didn't even really think that it was Sam, at first.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then Aaron. Yeah, I agree.
0: I don't love how long it went on with Sam not being himself. I think that just was heartbreaking that um, what most of the season he was just kind of a jerk and like a terrible person because he had no soul. It wasn't his fault. But um, I'm, I'm glad he was back that they didn't go like many episodes without him. Um, but it made be very upset whenever he would do like terrible things like using Dina's bait and things like that.
1: Yeah, he was I mean, of course you knew he would be back not just because he appeared at the end of um, Swan Song. Um for me, you know, I, I he was just odd from the get-go. He was very different and weird and I wasn't sure if it was because he wasn't Sam or because of just everything that had happened to him in hell, and he just reacted to it differently. Um, So everything seemed off from the get-go with him, um, which was just really interesting way to jump into it. And I think that could have been maybe why people have a hard time with season six in the beginning, is that Sam instantly is weird and off, so everything feels a little bit off-kilter watching it. Um, It feels like a different show almost, in a way. So I, I think that was that was part of the struggle there. And once you found out what was going on with Sam, I think it made it a little bit easier to deal with because you knew there was a reason behind it. And it wasn't just Sam is different and he's always going to be different kind of thing. So, yeah, so I think that's why it got off onto a rocky start there. And, of course, Sam, this whole time that he'd been back since he'd pretty much been back since he'd gotten into the cage almost, Um he was working with the Campbell family, which is Mary's family. So his grandfather was back from the dead and he's working with his grandfather and then Mary's dad, who we had met in season four. And then of course, their extended Campbell family. And so what did everybody think about that storyline, bringing in more family members, Sasha?
2: Um, I didn't like the Campbell storyline at all. I didn't like any of them. I didn't like anything to do with it. I I wanted... I wanted no part of it. They, From the beginning, they all came across as super shifty and shady. And, like, there was just not, they weren't in it for good, um, was my initial thing. And I I didn't like any of that, any of the episodes that involved that. I didn't, like, that might be unpopular opinion, but that, I, I just didn't like that storyline at all. Um, yeah.
1: Paula?
3: Uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it either. I think I think I would have been more okay with it if it had just been Samuel Campbell and not the the various cousins and whatnot. I just none of them were likable characters.
1: Yeah, and and Aaron, I agree. I don't like <laughs> Samuel. I don't
0: like any of them. They were like some weird hunter cult thing going on, and just I don't know the way that they worked in Sam and Dean. Are are fine on their own. They don't need those people. Like they had Bobby; he's their family. I, those people turning up was just weird, and I didn't
1: like it. Oh. Uh, Sasha, you wanted to add something? It, you're right. It's the
2: cult. They felt like a cult.
1: Yeah, That's, yeah no, no, it was You weird. It.
2: That's the words I couldn't find. It, the, shifty and shady equals cult. In <laughs> speak. just for future <laughs> reference. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's 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 interesting because, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but they were really off. Um, yeah, I didn't really like it either, except for I will say I do love um, Mitch Pelleggie Pelleggie. I don't know. I'm pro- mispronouncing his name. I think he's great. The guy who plays Samuel Um, but yeah, it was really weird and odd. And I was like, okay, so are they going to be around forever? And are we just going to keep bringing new people in and discovering new family members? I think it would have been fine if they had just brought Samuel back because, of course, you discover a lot of the reasons Samuel is doing what he's – I mean, he, they're getting like the alphas, you know, like the alpha vampire and all the other alphas and trying to – you know, of course, you learn eventually that Crowley wants to open the doors to purgatory and, and – all these various, various things that are happening. And Samuel is of course doing this because he thinks he can bring Mary back and get his daughter back. And he doesn't care if his grandsons die at all because he doesn't really know them. So it's an, it's an interesting reason that he's doing it. And I think if it had been just Samuel, it would, could have been fleshed out a little bit better, I think. And you could have gotten to know that character a little bit better. And yeah, it would have, it would have been just, just an interesting, interesting thing to do, I think. Um, and I want to just, oh, sorry, Paula, you want to add something in there? Yeah, just
3: one of the things about Samuel, you know, wanting to bring Mary back at the expense of sacrificing his grandsons. That just seems like a, a really weird thing to me that, you know, he would sacrifice her sons. How how did he think that that was going to go, bringing her back? And how is he going to keep the fact that he basically killed her kids from her? You know, mm-hmm. that just always seemed like a just a, a weird weird thing to me in that whole storyline. I think that's probably part of the reason why I just wasn't a fan of that storyline at all, even though I, I'm the same way. Love. Um, I think it's Mitch Pileggi. Love him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just, that always just seemed off to me.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a good point, too. Yeah. How is he going to say, well, sorry, I had to kill her. He probably would have not told her, but still it would have been a little bit, you know, she would have found out, of course. But it also plays into the whole Winchester legacy of sacrificing somebody or something in order to bring somebody back from the dead. So that's like a Winchester thing. You know, they all do it. I mean, Mary did it, you know, at the very beginning when John was killed, you know. So it it happens all the time with him. So that is the interesting part is that it is a Winchester or a Campbell legacy too. So, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um and of course, I, I didn't put this on here, but I just want to briefly mention because part of the part of what I think goes on with season 6 that's a little bit wonky is there's so many different storylines going on at the same time because you forget they're also doing that thing where they're getting all of the firsts so that they can the alphas, so that they can try and open up purgatory. And then you have Eve come along who was like the mother of all monsters. And, and then you have soul of Sam and then you have Cass working with Crowley to help open purgatory too, because he thinks it's the right thing to do and all these things. And I think that's why season six was clunky at times. And I think once they got to the part of like, getting all of heaven's weapons and then cast working with Crowley. And it was more focused on that. And the grandfather was gone and Eve was gone. It kind of found more focus. That's why the latter half is better. But I just want to briefly mention Eve because I want to see if anybody liked that storyline. Cause it really was kind of in line with all the alphas getting kidnapped and stuff, Sasha.
2: Um, I'm going to opt out of this one just for the simple fact that I don't – it wasn't memorable enough for me to have an opinion.
1: (laughs) That's understandable. Paula, do you have an opinion? (laughs) Um,
3: It almost seemed like there was a lot of buildup, and then it resolved very quickly with Eve. You know, um, I think they could have drawn that out a little bit more. Um, and it would have been more memorable uh, more interesting um because it, it just it, you know i and I understand Eve was just kind of a stepping stone to get to the the purgatory souls, but I think she was underutilized in the storyline, yeah,
0: Aaron, I agree, Paula. It's like they spent so much time talking about mother and trying to figure out who she was and stuff and then there was just like what one episode and then like a couple times in other episodes where she was even there doing stuff like they released her and then it was just kind of like oh well that happened um yeah I could wouldn't be sad without her I don't think I could I could take a reliever
2: Mm mm-hmm
1: Yeah, I think if they had developed her more um, and focused on her more, she could have been really interesting character, really an interesting character, Um, you know, but then they had her in only a couple episodes and then the episode where she created, you know, the Jefferson Starships. (laughs) <laughs> as Dean named him. And then that was it. And then she died because they got the Phoenix Ash, which I will say, though, it did give us one of the best episodes in season six, Frontierland, where they went back and, you know, Dean got to dress as a cowboy. And of course, the famous line, you know, I'm a posse magnet. So, yeah, <laughs> which is one of the best lines ever. So I will say that because of her, we did get wonderful things like that. But yeah, it was it was just kind of a throwaway character and didn't make sense. And it was like, they didn't know what to do with her and they didn't know what to do with the storyline. So they're just throwing everything at the wall. Um, But of course a big arc for the whole thing. And it ended up being an arc, even a little bit in season seven, once his wall was um, broken was Sam being soulless and him being pulled out of hell without his soul. So how did you feel about soulless
2: Sam, Sasha? Um, I liked Soulless Sam. I I know you know I loved Soulless Sam for the simple fact of that he just didn't care because up to that point Sam cared about everything to the nth degree, like it was always about everything, and um, he was struggling, like morally struggling with everything and all of that. And so when he had no soul, it was like. He just kind of went and did what he needed to do. Don't get me wrong. He had lots of dick moments and lots of like just being a jerk moments. I will, I'm not absolving him of any of that. Um, but it's like, in, you know, clap your hands if you believe. And, you know, Dean's running. He's like, empathy, Sam, empathy. You know, and Sam's just like, I have no empathy. I have no soul, whatever, you know, like get out of there, do what you gotta do. Um, so I liked Soulless Sam. I don't know if I liked maybe I don't know. It Jared's acting was better for Soulless Sam than like some of the earlier seasons. I think he really did a good job um with Soulless Sam. And I don't know if that's more the character, more Jared. I there's a fine line there, so. But I I, I liked Soulless Sam. Yeah, and his whole When he's talking to that lady in that
1: episode, which is one of my favorite episodes from season six, and he's talking to the lady who believes in the UFOs, and she's like, oh gosh, how long ago did this happen? Oh, you know, I'm, I've dealt with it. I'm over it just like a half an hour ago <laughs> with his brother being missing, and it's just. Uh, yeah that cracks me up that always cracks
2: me up that the whole empathy. episode the like whatever glitter you're sniffing and yeah. the wackadoo rather <laughs> not stepping it like all of that that entire thing is that is i think my favorite soulless sam episode yeah just because he's so the teacup where he's just kind of like i don't what are you what <laughs> you know
1: yeah no i totally agree and paula yeah. At
3: first, I you know, not knowing what they were doing with Sam, absolutely hated it, but again, on on second viewings, those were some of the best episodes once you knew what was going on, Dean knew what was going on, it kind of was a reversal where Sam's got all these comedic moments that usually Dean would have, and they were some of the funniest lines it i instead of solo Sam, I call him snarky Sam because he just. You know his attitude about things was just so out of character, but just kind of made me laugh. <laughs> so you know, upon second viewing of that season, his portrayal of of uh, Solo Sam has kind of been one of my favorite portrayals of him as an you know kind of an alternate character, an alternate version of himself. Um, it, it ended up being a lot of fun, <laughs> despite the fact that he was a jerk a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Aaron. Yeah, I appreciate
0: the, like, snarkiness and the one-liners and things. And the fact that, like, Dean is the voice of reason here is <laughs> just fantastic. Um, with Sam being a jerk and Cass is being a jerk at the same time. And Dean is the one trying to hold everybody together and be like, come on, guys, like, empathy, like you were saying. Um, which usually he's the one that doesn't care about anybody's feelings, so... I think the storyline was okay, but I don't like Sola Sam, but I think it, it really worked with the storyline and I think it was fine. But yeah, Dean being in charge and being the reasonable one, telling everybody to be nice is pretty great.
1: I'm going to do a real quick pushback there. I don't think that Dean doesn't care about anybody's feelings usually. I think he actually has more empathy than anybody else on the show so no.
0: <laughs> right well he wants to, to get the job because... done so sometimes it seems like he's can be a jerk but
1: <laughs> I what you're saying I'm just I will defend him constantly so just as <laughs> a warning at Paula you wanted to add something yeah I don't think it's so much that he doesn't have the
3: empathy it's just he's better at hiding his emotions so he just kind of locks it down and doesn't let anybody see it but he f- he feels about people deeply otherwise he wouldn't be doing what he's doing I think
0: yeah he's able to compartmentalize everything a lot better than Sam normal Sam could be and then seeing Sam just be the total opposite of what he was and then on the, on the scale of that that Dean is the one more in touch with his feelings than normal yeah. compared
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. And yeah, I think that's that's what Dean does is he hides that stuff because he doesn't want to get hurt and he doesn't want um, people to leave him and people leave him all the time. And so that's why he has that sort of wall built up around his feelings that he feels. Um, Yeah. And and I agree. I loved as Sam. As I said in our last episode, I have major issues with Sam. I'm not the biggest Sam fan. And that's why I know a lot of listeners are probably going to hate me during this time. Um, But I really liked Soulless Sam. And I liked Soulless Sam because it was just so nice to see Sam. um, I don't know, not so needy is the first word that comes to my mind. And he's, you know, he's a jerk. He's a total ass. But at the same time, he's just he's just funny and hilarious without even knowing that he's being funny and hilarious. And he's even creepy and scary in some parts. Um, I'm remembering the part where he had like blood on his face, his mouth or something, and he wiped it away and the look on his face or when he was watching Dean get turned into a vampire um, and he was getting some kind of pleasure out of it almost. And so that was a little bit, you know, kind of creepy and scary, but I liked it. And I think that was some of Jared's best acting. And I would take that over Lucifer Sam any day, the soulless Sam, just because I found it a lot more interesting. Um, And I will say, you know, I've always been more attracted to Jensen Ackles, but I think Jared is sexier when he's soulless Sam. <laughs> He's regular Sam. There's something about it. It's just like, you know, you know, you should not want that guy, but oh my gosh, he'd probably really give you a good time. So you could tell that he was doing that in some of the flashbacks. So yeah. So those are <laughs> my thoughts on, on Soulless Sam. Um, and of course, it also gave us an episode that I think is one of the best episodes of season six. And that is um, Sorry, appointment in Samara where um, Dean is death for a day to get soul Sam returned, soul Sam returned, Sam's soul returned. Um, And I just think that episode is fantastic. Um, Watching Dean in that one and when he struggles, when he's supposed to be taking um, a young boy and then the domino effect when he doesn't. So it's, again, another thing that calls into mind, you know. Um, free will versus fate kind of thing Um, plus you get to see death again plus you get to see Robert England so Freddy Krueger being in there um, was really incredible too so I think that's another gift it gave us and Sam is very creepy in that episode in the beginning because he's trying to kill he's trying to kill Bobby and I mean hello we don't want Bobby to die Um, so yeah so I think that that's another reason that I liked Soulless Sam was it gave us that episode there too But of course, Sam does get his soul back because uh, Dean being death for a little bit and then death decides to put Sam's soul back with the wall up so that he won't remember his torture in hell in the cage. Another character that I want to touch on really quickly before we move on to Cass working with Crowley and Cass being the reason that Sam was soulless and all of that is another character that comes into play more in season six and really in season seven, too. But I want to mention her right now, even though she was in the earlier seasons, but is Meg. Meg becomes kind of an ally of the Winchesters and it starts in season six and especially an ally of Cass's. Um, so, what is everybody? What does everybody think of Meg,
2: Sasha? So, I, um, I like Meg. I like this version of Meg, um, not the like season one version, but this one who kind of is oddly attached to Cass and calls him Clarence and wants to kind of caretake him. And um, yeah, I really like the Meg character i like because you you never really know where she's at or where her allegiances are you think she's always on the side of the boys but there's kind of that part in the back of your brain where you're like she's in it for herself she's got to make sure that she survives so she's gonna play both sides for as long as she can to ensure her survival um but i love meg and i love her interactions with Cass. those are some of my favorite um, scenes with those two, and then Paula.
3: I love Meg. <laughs> she's a great character. Like you said, she you you don't know, you know what she's up to. She's definitely just in it for herself, by whatever means necessary. Whoever she has to work with to do that, and uh, yeah, she's just she's a great character. And Rachel Miner is amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely, Erin. I
0: agree. I think Meg is the best. She is like always very clear about she's trying to keep herself alive um and i like how she kind of just like proves herself as as the seasons go on but yeah how she stays i guess in season 7 she stays at at the hospital to keep an eye on Cass i don't know what her intentions were to start with but he kind of like really becomes very attached to her and it's just cute but I think she's done a lot for the boys and she was just a really great, great character. And I do like
1: Rachel Miner a lot too. Yeah, I agree with what everyone has said. I think next to Crowley, she's my favorite demon. Um, I think they're kind of tied. Um, And I like that she didn't become boring like Crowley did eventually when they stopped, you know, figuring out how to write Crowley anymore. Um, You know, I like that she went out when she did. And, of course, spoilers. Well, I don't, maybe I I won't say this. Never mind, because one of our panelists on here hasn't caught up. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I like her a lot. Um, And I loved her and Cass. I loved their interactions together. Um, I loved the whole um, pizza man and babysitter thing. And (laughs) I mean, that was the absolute best um, and you know even though for a while I don't anymore I shipped you know Dean and Cass together I also shipped Cass with Meg because I just thought they were just so cute and yes I would have liked to see the furniture around which they never got the chance to do <laughs> but that would have been really really awesome yeah I thought she she was just awesome and she never lost her edge even though she started helping them and working with them and working especially with Cass more in season seven she still had that edge to her. You still didn't know if at any minute she might turn on you. Um, She didn't become like completely good and completely wonderful. Um, She was, and she was just so much fun and so entertaining. And yeah, Rachel minor is a badass. She's so awesome. And she's just an awesome person in general. So yeah, I totally agree. And um, the big reveal in season six, and I think this is the one of course that carries over to season seven, is that all this time, and you find this out in the man that would be king, and the man that would be king, right? Am I saying that episode right? Um, is that Cass has been working with Crowley this whole time. And he ha- He also is the one who pulled Sam from hell and didn't bother making sure his soul was there, knew what was going on. So this whole time, Cass is kind of betraying the the Winchesters, but he thinks he's doing it for a good reason. So what did you think, Sasha, when you first found out
2: what Cass's att- intentions were? Um, well, Cass and Crowley are the buddy comedy show that I need. I want to see them as like you know, that duo. So uh, that kind of taints any view I have because all I can picture is the two of them in some ridiculous like buddy cop show trying to do things. Um, I think Cass, Cass has, you know, good intentions, but everything gets all skewed. He's doing things, what he thinks is the right thing. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I Because I like, I love Crowley, and I think that, you know, Crowley's in it for his own. Cass is trying to do the right thing. It all gets all twisty turny um the missing of the soul was kind of a big hiccup for him where it was like come on like basic things dude (laughs) if you're gonna do it you know oh we're just gonna it's fine it's fine um so i don't i don't know but i want them to be the comedy duo of my dreams is really what i want that doesn't answer your question at all and i'm sticking (laughs) with that story no, it's, it's funny. <laughs>
3: uh, Paula? Oh, without that saying the uh, road to hell is paved with good intentions? And he just he just knew that it was going to end badly for Cass, you know, and, and that was hard to watch. But yes, Ca- Cass and Crowley together are just <laughs> fun. Um, but, I mean, they kind of, you know, hinted at, you know, things going bad whenever he tries to do something good. You know, pulling Sam. You know, spoilers. Pulling Sam out of the cage, but he missed a part. He was trying to do the right thing, and that got screwed up. And kind of happened throughout the whole season. He's trying to do the right thing, and it keeps backfiring on him, basically. And yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, that that it was hard to watch. It was hard to see Cass go down that that dark path, basically.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Aaron.
3: Yeah, the
0: Cass and Crowley show, sign me up for that. Like, I <laughs> would love it. The Crowley and his snarky remarks and Cass just not understanding the references. Um, I think Cass's desperation and turning to Crowley when he probably knows he shouldn't, but there's, there's nothing else to be done and then hiding it. And I mean, just the stuff... I don't know, whatever episode that was with Crowley's like torturing someone and he's just standing there, um, letting it happen. It's you can tell how desperate he was to try and do the right thing, but yeah, as much as he tries, he just keeps kind of making it worse almost. Like, I don't know, but I think it had to be done, but it's it was it was very interesting, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, I think. It, Even though I was sad about it, the fact that he um, was letting the Winchesters down and that he was doing something that ultimately was going to lead to, well, his death in season seven. Um, you, Cass just tries so hard. He has, like, like it's been said before, one of his biggest problems is he has too much heart. And the problem is, is because he's an angel and he's learning these things, you know, at the human world, he tackles stuff that in a way that is wrong, usually, or in a way that's going to get others hurt. And he doesn't know any better. And I'm not, it's not an excuse, but it's just the way he is. He's not positive. He doesn't, you know, he didn't want to hurt Sam. Um I see a lot of people online say people that don't like Cass say that Cass did that on purpose, and he was trying to hurt Sam, and he'd always been trying to hurt Sam and I didn't view it that way. I think the reason he was doing it is he was just desperate to try and make things better because things were so bad during the whole apocalypse, and there were angels that wanted the apocalypse, and then you know all these angels dying and and you know just. Everything getting turned upside down. He wasn't able to find his father. He wasn't able to find God, of course. And so all of that happening just led to him just trying to find a way to make things better. And even though Crowley is someone that he should despise and hate, Crowley is, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. And so he figured maybe if he teams up with him, somehow he can make things right in heaven again. Yeah. And Paula, did you want to add something onto that? Yeah, by by the time he got to the point where he did that to Sam,
3: I think he was also feeling betrayed by Sam and Dean and Bobby because they were trying to talk him out of it. And he, like you said, he was desperate, desperate to do the right thing, desperate to get them to listen to him, desperate for them not to try to stop him. And that was the only thing he could do to distract them. Mm -hmm. And so it was all out of desperation, not malice.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. With him breaking down the wall and Sam's head and everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I do agree. Cass and Crowley are really entertaining to watch. They just are. Um, I would love to just see like some kind of stand up show where they go around (laughs) and do something. I just think it'd be kind of entertaining. Uh, And they just work really well together. Mark Shepard and Misha Collins really play really well off of each other, I think. Um, So I, I really liked that interaction. And, you know, once again, I think this storyline shows how much faith, you know, I always bring it back to Dean, but how much faith Dean has in the people that he loves and cares for, because he was the last one to give up on Cass, really. I mean, he was the last one to hold out hope. And when Dean finds out that everybody's been right about Cass, you can see that heartbreak on his face and that letdown. And it's really, really sad um, yeah, so it was, it was just interesting storyline because Cass has been such a friend up until that point, And then they feel like he's not a friend anymore. They're losing him. And Dean knows that it's going to go wrong. Everybody knows something's going to go wrong. You're working with Crowley. So, yeah, it was a really, really interesting way to sort of end season six, too. I think season six, more than any other season, kind of ended on a cliffhanger. I mean, I know they all kind of do, but it was almost like the scene, it just kind of ended and then you know, you didn't really have like a finite ending there where you weren't positive what was going to happen. Um, and so that leads us to season seven, which season seven, of course starts out where um, Cass has taken on all these souls from purgatory into his body. And the cast we know is gone. And this new Cass is there where who thinks he's God. So what did everybody think about Cass as God, Sasha?
2: Um, I was not a fan of Cass on the Power Trip. Um, Cass on the Power Trip was uh, so like Soulless Sam was kind of entertaining as being a dick, but Cass on the Power Trip was not. He just was like single-minded. I yeah, I'm not a fan of Cass in the beginning there. Sorry, God.
1: It's fine. You don't have to apologize, Apollo. What did you think about? I hated Cass
3: like that. <laughs> he was just such a jerk. And it, it, at that point, it seemed like it wasn't even about doing the right thing anymore. It was just, I'm God now, and you'll do what I say, and you know, fear me. You know, it just—it was almost vindictive at that point And I just—I did not like it. That's—that's <laughs> that's not the cast I knew and loved, Aaron. Yeah. Cass's
0: God is like soulless Dean like it's weird and I don't like it um it, at times it was entertaining um whenever he kind of like went on the murder spree he just started killing all the bad people in the world it was kind of great but yeah he was an awful jerk and it, he I don't know I didn't like it but and I think it went on for too long again I I Wanted normal cast back.
1: Well, I am going to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I found it really interesting and entertaining. Yes, I wanted cast back and I was glad when eventually down the road we got cast back. Um, But I just I thought and I think it was because I think Misha Collins did such a good job And it was such a different side of Cass because we've seen Cass, you know, in season four, even being, you know, the angel who's, you know, can smite you and really powerful guy. We've seen that. But this was a different thing where it was, you know, just power hungry. And of course, it was because of all the Leviathan within him, which we didn't know until like the second episode. But yeah, I, I I thought it was kind of enjoyable, um, fun to watch that sort of bad side of him. I guess I kind of get a kick out of watching the three of them when they're when they're bad guys. Like when we get into Demon Dean, I'll rave about that for a long time. So I just think it's fun to see a different side of these characters. Um, so I had fun with it. I didn't think it went on too long. I kind of wanted actually more of it. I think we. Got kind of cheated and didn't get enough of it, but I guess I'm in the minority. (laughs) Um, But Cass stopped being God when he kind of broke free. He had his own free will, his own push against um, the Leviathans and everything and came out of that. And he ended up going into a lake (laughs) with the black goo coming out of him. Which were the Leviathans? Which the Leviathans ended up becoming the main, the big bad of season seven. So, what do you think about the Leviathans, Sasha? Sasha.
2: Um. So, I initially was like, "Oh God, what is our new flavor critter?" And then when you watched them and they, the way they interact and um, what is it when they make like dick makes them basically eat themselves. They've got a term for it, where they basically have to consume themselves. Bibbed. Yeah. Yes, bibbed. Oh! Oh! What kind of monster does that to its own people? Like, the Leviathans were horrible. They were slimy, horrible. Oh, they were a good bad. I did not... I don't like them. I didn't like them. I thought they were gross and... But they were a good bad. Um... And I think that we needed a good bad for the boys to kind of move forward um, from everything else from previous from like season six. And then um, with cast and everything, they needed something to deal with. And so I think this fit the bill. Uh, but as far as a monster, big hard pass. Nope. Right up there with spiders. Nope.
1: Right up there was spiders.
3: <laughs> Paulo. <laughs> oh, spiders, yuck. Um <laughs> uh I I've got mixed feelings on them. Um I I, I I kinda hated them, but there was some really just fun, snarky moments with them too that just made me laugh at how just you know, horribly over the was it uh when, when they were um uh they clone themselves to look like Sam and Dean and, and and they're talking about, you know, Sam's being crazy and how they don't like being in these bodies. And, and, and and the one portraying portraying Sam is like, I had a brother like this once, you know what I did with him? I ate him. I mean, that just made me laugh, (laughs) but overall not, not my favorite villain, but they did have their moments of, of entertaining value. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: like the Leviathan storyline. Um, i just rewatched season seven and i forgot how like how few episodes it actually was it was just like the the end of the season um but i i thought it was good i i mean you can't have too many dick jokes like the 12 year old in me just finds that highly entertaining (laughs) i thought they were good villains um yeah, I liked it. Dick Roman was very creepy and
1: yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I know a lot of people hate the Leviathans and think they were one of the worst villains the show's ever had. But, and it could be because, you know, of binging it. When I first watched season seven, I binged it. I didn't think they were as bad as everybody f- said they were. Um, I think that uh, James Patrick Stort, who played Dick Roman, was so good. And I thought that was a really good villain. Um, He was, you know, really reminiscent of a a certain person who was, who should not be mentioned, who is around today, which I'm sure everybody knows who that was, who that is. Um, But I I thought he was really interesting to watch. And um, I liked some of the things they did. And. Um, I, you know, I didn't think they were silly or goofy. Like I heard some people say they were silly and goofy. I didn't really see it that way at all. Um, they were a little bit different. Um, the bibbing scene, the first time you see one of them get bibbed was really interesting and kind of a different sort of way that you, you hadn't really seen that done before, Um, and then, you know, the fact that they were, what they were doing to human beings and what it said about humanity and humans and trying to slow everybody down and make them basically, um, zombies. I thought that was really interesting. I liked that. Um, I love, love the episode. It's the one right before, um, Bobby's. You know, episode when he's dying. But the how to win friends and influence monsters. I love that episode so much because I just, it's so it's really entertaining and funny to watch everybody high eating these foods and um, you know, this the sandwich and being all goo and gross and just seeing what the plans are, what the Leviathans are up to. I thought that was really interesting. So I thought it was an, an interesting storyline, and it also led to purgatory eventually and that you know for season eight and so i think if we hadn't had the leviathans we wouldn't have had purgatory so i thought they were an interesting villain um so one thing that did happen of course in season seven i think one of the biggest things that happened in season seven was bobby dying um and of course bobby was killed by dick roman and um i want to talk about that and especially the episode death's door
2: uh sasha what are your thoughts about of Bobby about Bobby dying um Bobby's death was heartbreaking it was gut-wrenching it was heartbreaking it was terrible and I know we talked about this in the first one like when they when the boys lost John their actual dad it was like a meh but Bobby was it was something totally different and um for me death's door was it was beautiful. It was watching him try and solve whatever he needed to solve so that he could like, because he was stuck basically. And so he needed to solve things and he kept popping up into different memories and just going through all of that was just, ah. Uh, and then when it finally came down that it was his, you know, his dad and his mom and him as a little boy, just the whole thing was beautifully done. Um, and it just, it it speaks to memory and how important memory is and what, what impact it can have. Um, and the boys in the hospital while he's, like, going through all of this and just, again, like we said, Jensen and his face and just the glances or that one twitch of the eye or where you can see where he's about to cry and Sam looking really, you know, distraught um it was it was heart heartbreaking just uh oh, all the feels for death store
3: yeah mm mm-hmm. Paula I don't know how much more I could add to that it was it, it was just a gut wrenching episode um so well done, and it was really nice though to get a little bit more insight into Bobby's background and you know why he made certain choices in life and, and and such. And it was just really one of my favorite episodes of the season, hands down. It was just so well done.
1: Yeah. yeah. Aaron, I agree. It's one
0: of my favorite episodes. And it's just, it's, I think the saddest episode in the whole series of Bobby was so much more of a father to them than John was. And through the flashbacks and like, him playing catch with Dean when he was little is just like heartbreaking. One for the boys, and two for Bobby. Like they were his family, and he didn't want kids until he had these two little boys to take care of, and he just loved them. Um, and then the fact at the end where he manages to just wake up and call them idiots, and that was it like, oh my god, like I die. I watched it a couple days ago, and it It makes me happy and sad at the same time to see his life. But, and then to know he's, you know, not going to see them again in that capacity. I'm, you know, no one ever dies, but, (laughs) um, it is, I think the saddest episode, but I think it was done really well. And I did like the insight into his past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was heartbreaking, um, I remember the first time watching it and I really didn't think Bobby was ever going to die. I don't know. I mean, which is kind of naive with this show, but I didn't think that. But I think of all the characters ever that have ever died on this show, I think Bobby... Got the best death, really. Um, the fact that he got a whole episode there dealing with it and showing his past and having him go through different memories. And then we also get to see Rufus again. And I just love Rufus and love Rufus and Bobby. Like I said in the last episode, I want a Rufus and Bobby spinoff is what I've always wanted because I just love them so much. So it was great seeing that and seeing, you know, him confronting his past and, and him his, the little boy version of himself as well. And confronting his father and, you know, saying that he raised two boys who are heroes was just so beautiful to see. And it was heartbreaking at the same time. And then it ending and you not knowing, did he choose to go with the Reaper or not? And, of course, you learn that he, you know, he's a ghost for some of the season and comes back. Um, but, yeah, he was, It just, it was a very beautiful episode, one of the best episodes of Supernatural ever. Um, I think Jared Padalecki said this is his favorite episode they ever did. I could be wrong about that, but I believe he did say that at one point. Um, but I agree. I think it was it was for us as sad as it was, it was still beautiful and heartbreaking. And um it, it added a lot to the rest of the season. And that's why I say when people put this season down and season six as well, there are so many great, amazing episodes. Um, You know, and great characters and and stuff. And and one of the best characters that came out of Season 7 was Charlie. Um, Charlie was introduced in Season 7. She played a bigger role in the later seasons. But I want to get everybody's thoughts on Charlie. What do you think about Charlie, Sasha?
2: I love Charlie. Charlie is all of us. She is... She's a fan girl. She's just like... She goes into her office and she's got all the little superhero things and she's got the little statue of Hermione and she's like, all right, H, let's do this. And, you know, she's the hacker and um, I, I love Charlie. I, that episode, the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo where she's hacking everything and the boys find her. um, My favorite part of that is when Dean is talking her through flirting with the security guard Because she's like, well, he's not my type. He's like, just work through it. She's like, she's, she's not a girl. And he was like, okay, we can do this. And then he's talking her through how to flirt with a dude is it's comedy brilliance. Um, and just the way Felicia Day is adorable and everything she does. I just, I really like her. I can't say enough good things about that character, um, we won't go, get into what they did to that character, but like her initial coming on screen and that whole episode was fantastic. And I just, I love everything about her character in that capacity.
3: Um, I had been a fan of Felicia Day before she came on the show. And just from the moment she came on, it's just every time she's on the show, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> I love her. And that also is one of my favorite episodes of the season. Just her introduction and that, again, that scene with her and Dean flirting with the security guard was just gold. <laughs> I love it so much. It's hilarious. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's I, just a great episode. Felicia Day is awesome. Charlie's amazing. I love that character so much. I hate what they did to her, but love her so much.
0: Yeah, Charlie is, I think, my favorite besides the boys. She's just... I want to be Charlie. She's so... I cosplay Charlie a lot. Um, the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo is one of my favorite episodes. I actually watched it this morning right before this. Um, she's just so fun, and I, I love the interaction she has with the boys. I wish the she had stuck around longer to be in more episodes because I really think their interactions together are just excellent. Um, she's re- a really interesting character. I agree. What they did to her was not fair in the end. Um, Cause I think she had a lot more potential than, than what they did. Um, and Felicia Day is also my celebrity crush forever and ever. I will watch her at anything, but
1: especially as Charlie completely. And you know, I've always said when I hear walking on sunshine, I think of two things. I think of Patrick Bateman and American psycho. And then I think of Charlie. And I just love that when she's in the elevator and she looks around, making sure no one's watching her and she gets really into it and is dancing. And it's just so great and wonderful. And it captures her character perfectly in that one little scene there. And once we get to know her even better and, Seasons 8 and 9 and and some of 10. Um, you even love her more. She becomes even more endearing. And she's just got such a great heart. And she's a very strong character. And she's a great addition to the show. Um, and Felicia Day is a great addition to the cast. Once again, as we've mentioned before. This show, really one of the best things it does. Is in its casting department. It casts actors so well there's only been a few missteps i think but for the most part every single actor they have on this show is really really good and the perfect person for the character like i can't imagine anybody else playing charlie there just couldn't be anyone else playing charlie just like there could be no one else playing crowley no one else playing cass that kind of thing so they're, they're really really good at that erin did you want to add something on to that i agree with the casting and these these
0: two seasons Brought a lot of really good characters to us, um you know we got Charlie. I think season six was the first episode with jody um oh, and yeah. and um Kevin was at the very end of season seven. They just did really great casting and even a lot of really great guest stars too in in these seasons um their jewel state I think was in season six was it and <laughs> I'm trying to think of. Gosh, they had a lot of really great people from, you know, the sci-fi world in it, but uh, yeah, hands down, good casting.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jodie is one we have not mentioned. I mean, there are so many characters that, you know, amazingly enough, and of course, she came back in in that one episode um, about Titanic in season six um, <laughs> is we never, we didn't even mention Ellen and Joe in, when we were talking about Eric Kripke, which is just so bizarre to me, but I think it's cause there's so, there are so many characters, there's so many things to discuss on this show, but they, they were two great characters, especially Ellen. I will always miss Ellen. Um, and her death and Joe's death was one of the saddest ever in the show. Um, but, yeah, Jody, Jody was great. But, yeah, I agree. They bring so many great, amazing characters onto this show. I do think sometimes they bring too many on at the same time, and you can get overwhelmed and lose track of who people are. I think that was a problem in later seasons. But, yeah, I do agree. And, like I said, their casting is amazing, phenomenal. Um, and another big thing that happened towards the end of Season 7 is – because I know from what I've heard, because, of course, I didn't watch it live at that time, was – people thought Cass was gone for good. And then Cass comes back when Sam is basically, he's being tortured by Lucifer in his mind because of course that wall came down. um, and so he's in the psychiatric hospital and he hasn't slept and he's being tortured and, and Dean is just beside himself, doesn't know what to do. And so he's trying to find someone to heal him. And he finds Emmanuel who is Cass. And Cass doesn't know who he was, doesn't have a memory, and he's married all of a sudden. Um, so what did everybody think once Cass returned, Sasha?
2: Um, so I, it's funny because I just watched uh, Born Again Identity, which is Sam in the hospital. Um, and I like Cass when Dean is like, Emmanuel, and you're married. Okay. Like Dean's face is going, how? All right. How do I break this to you? How, how am I going to convince you of who you are? And, you know, and then Meg comes back in and she's like, Oh yeah, we go way back. I mean, Dean and I go way back. You, I got a good feeling about you, you know? So it's like everybody trying to be real cautious about let's not startle him with who he really is. Like he's going to, we got to get him back but we don't want to spook him. So just kind of that tender footing around when they first come in contact with him was kind of funny. Um, And then, yeah, I, I mostly have feels about Cass's interaction with Sam and that whole thing. So I'll let everybody else talk about Cass.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not really sure what to say about that. It's, it, it was interesting to see. He kind of did a like a 180 as far as, you know, he wasn't willing to get involved anymore at that point, you know, wanting to atone for everything he'd done, which was heartbreaking. Um, because he was trying to do the right thing. And it just, like we said before, just completely backfired on him. And then taking on, you know, that burden from Sam of of all the hallucinations and how that changed him. And it was, it was... Misha did a great job with with the acting of that you know of all of that and uh, yeah I just don't really have much more else to say on that one I guess and Erin yeah I think it happened it helped the story move
0: along but I was a little indifferent I do like kind of like the stoner cast of just like I followed a bee through the garden today and the weirdness of it and he played it really well um and how he kind of just like becomes very attached to meg and um she's trying to like shake him off now because he's just too clingy and just shows up places (laughs) where she's at um and she tells the boys at one point like you deal with them like he was your boyfriend first (laughs) she's just tired of his of his nonsense and yeah he just Seems not cast like, but I think I think it's okay. It doesn't really bother me either way. I guess.
1: I I think the Born Again identity is one of my favorite episodes from season seven. Um, I loved seeing Cast back. Um, I remember my sister used to watch this show. She started binging it, and then she lost interest after season ten. I believe is when she kind of stopped watching. And she's been saying recently that maybe she should watch it again. But she was really into it. and She loved, loved Cass. And I remember her asking me, you know, when is Cass coming back? Does Cass come back? He does come back, right? Like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. And then she was like, oh, I'm so excited he's back once he finally came back. And um, I just love how innocent he is and how really what it is, is it's someone dealing with PTSD in a very different way. Than the show has shown before. And I just thought it was an interesting way. To um, portray portray that. And I love when. Cass gets his memory back. And starts smiting all the demons. And he's getting his memory back. As he's smiting all the demons. And you see all the flashes. And all the flashbacks. And I love the song playing. And I just think it's a really well done scene. And then him taking on everything from Sam. Was such a selfless thing to do. And a way for him to work towards redemption. And I do love the interactions with Dean later, especially the scene where they're sitting there and um, Cass gets out the board game, sorry. And he holds up the sorry board game and he's like, who wants to start? And I think there's a lot of layers to him saying that. I don't think it's just who wants to play first. It's, you know, who wants to start apologizing first? Who wants to start getting stuff out? Who wants to talk first? But he's not at that point yet to express it. And his whole thing about bees and his whole thing. Don't you think we're missing a cat here? Don't you think this place (laughs) needs a cat? We're sure. I mean, and him willing to give his blood. And then at the very end, joining Dean with Dean saying, you know, I'd rather have you, you know, broken or not. And. Dean has always been able to reach Cass because they have a profound bond. They just do. And so being able to see Cass finally go, okay, I'm going to work and help them. And I'm not going to just sit on the sidelines anymore. It um, was really, really interesting. I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. I liked Cass's storyline a lot in season seven and then in, and then into season eight. I just thought it was really interesting. And I thought Misha did a really good job. And there were a lot of funny lines and a lot of funny moments and, you know, just watching this character that is dealing with so much grief for what he did, for what he caused, and not knowing how to face it was just really fascinating to watch. The only question I do have is, what happened to his wife? I mean, did anyone tell her? Um, That's what I always wonder is, like, (laughs) one day she's just like, okay, my husband's gone. (laughs) I just always wonder, you know, hmm, I wonder where she went. (laughs) And if anyone bothered to tell her that your husband's gone and, yeah, he's he's an angel and he's in a psychiatric facility and he won't be coming back. And, yeah, so (laughs) good luck with your life. That's what I, yeah.
2: That's a real hard phone call to make. (laughs) It's a real awkward phone call. Yeah. Just a tad awkward. Send an email.
1: <laughs> an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just always wonder that when I was watching the episode again the other day, I'm like, yeah, what about his wife? I mean, she's got to be sitting there going, where did my husband go? There's <laughs> like an APB out for him and <laughs> her missing persons report out. And yeah, I thought that was funny. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about the finale. The reason I want to talk about the finale with this one is that it leads to, you know, Dean and Cass being gone and going to purgatory and Sam all alone. And, of course, Kevin gets kidnapped by Crowley. Um, So what did everybody think about the finale, Sasha? All
2: right. So first of all, um, because it's me, I have to bring up Baby Comes Back. Yes. So I have to bring that up. First of all, because that was like, you know, Dean's asking Cass, like, I I need a favor. Cass, like, I'm not doing anything. It's like, "I, I need you to take me somewhere. Just please do this. And it's Baby. So I was really excited about that. And then when I saw that it was Meg that was driving it to Dick's place, I was like, oh, what? Wait, why does she get to drive Baby? And she drives it like a maniac. And I love it. Um, so I just had to rave there about Baby real quick because that's me. Uh, that that scene when everything just goes kablooey, I was not prepared. I didn't realize that everything was going to... I, I don't know. Everything just blew up and w- it was not good and I didn't realize it was going to go that way. And I, Kevin... Kevin is a little itty bitty like cinnamon roll. He's just a little sugar puff and he didn't ask for this. And he's just an AP kid. And then he gets wrapped up into all this and it's horrible. I don't know. It was, there were so many components to this finale where I feel like other season finales didn't have as many like loose ends that we're going to have to be dealt with later. So this one was like, where are they going to go with this? What is going to happen? Um, so it left kind of big question marks for me, I think overall yeah paula <laughs>
3: my my first thought when I was watching the finale the first time I saw it, and it crashed the car again. I'm like, why do we have to keep hurting baby? why <laughs> but um and and you know overall um. You know, good episode. Um, the the very end, though, really did raise a little big question because, you know, at the very end, Cass disappears when they're they, you know, him and Dean end up in purgatory. And it's like, well, what happened to Cass? Did something get him? <laughs> you know, you don't find out later what actually happens. But, you know, there was that big question of we just got him back. Now what? <laughs> um, and, you know, how are they going to get out of this situation? You know, poor is just at a complete loss. Crowley, of course, double-crosses them again. You know, just a lot of things going on, like you said. And, um, I can't imagine, because I, I watched this on, you know, I was binge-watching until a few episodes into eight, so I got the resolution right away. I can't imagine these earlier seasons having to wait until the season premieres for all of these questions to get answered. Um, but yeah, it's...
1: Yeah. yeah, I agree. That would have been really hard to to wait that long. Erin? Um, yes. Well, first of all, thank you for bringing up Baby. Because, yes, I forgot
0: that all of the just random trail of cars that they were driving all season, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. But, yeah, Baby coming back was a pretty important event, I think. And the fact that they let Meg drive it was um, pretty great, too. I think it was a good good episode there was a lot going on but uh, I think it was well done and I do like uh, the the introduction to Kevin I don't I think it started with the previous episode but kind of involved him more here Um, and I'm glad that Kevin got to stick around because I really like him and and his mom too (laughs) the later episodes with Kevin's mom Um, I yeah the big cliffhanger I remember watching it yeah live and we had to wait until the next season and it was just like oh my god like why why would you do this to us but i think every single season almost has ended like that like why would you do this to us so i thought it was good and i'm glad that they kind of defeated the Leviathans, albeit making things possibly more complicated um and just Dick Roman exploding with the black goo and stuff is still like one of the grossest things. And there's some really gross things on the show, but that's just really gross. <laughs> I liked it.
1: Yeah. I th- I think it's one of the better finales, honestly. Um, and I think a lot of that is also just because I love the purgatory storyline so much. And so because it was giving birth to that, I think that's why I kind of love it so much. Um, I liked Kevin a lot. Um, I will say this is the one one of those instances where the first uh, actress who played Kevin's mom was not very good. And then I'm really glad they recast that character the next season, I will say. Um, So it's one of those rare instances where it wasn't the great this casting. But Kevin was great. Kevin was a great character and yeah he was like a little cinnamon roll and just so sweet and precious and too precious for this world kind of thing <laughs> to steal a line from Sam from season two I think that would really really describe Kevin in a lot of ways um, but I just I thought it was a really interesting finale and yeah having baby back was great all the different cars they drove in that one car where they were singing all out, where, uh, all out of love comes on where air supply comes on and then Dean singing it <laughs> that whole scene is so hilarious and Sam's face during that like oh my god what are you doing <laughs> um so that brought about some humor but yeah it's always sad to not have baby around because baby is like a character on the show she just is so not having her there is really sad all the time um so yeah i thought i thought it was a great finale um well we haven't gone on too long for this episode compared to other episodes <laughs> So I just want to quickly just wrap up and just if anyone has any episodes or quick things they want to shout out about either season six or season seven, Sasha.
2: Um, Yeah, just a couple of ones. So in season six, uh, Weekend at Bobby's, I think is a fantastic episode. It is uh, if you want to know who Bobby is and what his role is, that's the one to watch. Cause he is like, we talked in the last episode. He, he takes care of everybody. And that's the one where he's answering all the phones and like, yes, of course she works for us. Of course this, no Garth call the real FBI, not me, you know, and all of that. So weekend at Bobby's and then in season seven, um, time for a wedding when Sam gets married to Becky, <laughs> I think is fantastic. Um, And then my own personal nightmare was the uh, plucky penny whistle with the horrible clown, and everybody ends up covered in glitter. So those are just a couple of episodes that I wanted to kind of shout out. And The French Mistake, I think, is kind of a classic one. So,
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely a classic one. And Paula?
3: Um, Yeah, The French Mistake is absolutely a classic. Um, I think a couple of my favorites are... um, Frontierland from season six and time after time from season seven, because you can't tell me differently. Dean loves to cosplay. (laughs) I mean, just he just he'll never admit it, but he loves it. Um, Yeah. And those are two. Those are two of my favorite, favorite episodes. And clap your hands if you believe. I mean, again, just because of the comedy from Sola Sam is just so much fun.
1: I agree. And of course that cosplaying with Dean comes back in season eight, you know, when we meet up with Charlie again, I mean, he does, he obviously does. So, (laughs) and Aaron. Well, yeah, my first thought
0: was time for a wedding because it's so great. I think Becky is like the adorable weirdo uh, misplaced uh, intentions, but, and also that episode introduces us to Garth, who is one of my favorites too. Um, so I, I appreciate that, but the whole episode is just funny. Um, I watched it the other day. Leslie Odom Jr. is the Crossroads Demon. It's just a really good episode, um, and the My Heart Will Go On, where the with fate and which is like one of my fears is I'm going to die doing something really stupid like that. Like I'm going to get my scarf caught in the copy machine, and, or something like that. So <laughs> it really spoke to me. But um, and the 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 sadness at the end of that episode where um they basically had to right the wrong which then made joe dead again and that bobby was so happy with her and then they were like we can never we can never tell him and that was just a little tragic but i do like that episode as well
1: yeah um i just wanted to quickly mention um The Alpha Vamp, I just want to mention a character. I just want to mention the Alpha Vamp because I thought the Alpha Vamp was such an interesting character and I wish we had gotten more of him. So I just want to give a quick shout out to that one because, yeah. Um, And I agree. French Mistake, I think, is an episode that I think I've watched probably... I don't know, so many times, probably more than a lot of other ones. Um, And Plucky, Penny Whistles was great as well. I really, really loved that. Um, And it's funny with Garth. What's funny about Garth is I always forget about Garth, to be honest, until he shows up. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Garth, I forgot about you. Because, <laughs> yeah, he can be really entertaining and funny. Um But, yeah, he's... <laughs> He's he's kind of forgettable sometimes. I'm sorry to say, but somehow I just kind of am like, okay, oh yeah, oh yeah, now I remember you. Yeah, now I remember you. Um, and Frontierland, of course. Like I, I mentioned that one before. That one's that one's a great one as well. I just think one thing that Supernatural does so well is comedy and meta episodes, of course, too. And that's why I think the French Mistake is so great um, because it was so meta. And it was just awesome to see them, you know, (laughs) being (laughs) the whole scene when they first see uh, Cass, who's actually Misha Collins, Misha Collins in that whole episode. Is so, so hilarious. And I would have loved to have been able to watch that live because my understanding is he was tweeting at the same time. So every time he, he would tweet in the show, he would send out tweets. And I, that would have been just so entertaining to watch. But, yeah, I just I loved all of that. And I loved um when Jensen was watching himself in Days of Our Lives because, as I've mentioned before, I used to watch Days of Our Lives when Jensen was on there and that was just hilarious. <laughs> Having to deal with that and the whole alpaca foundation thing that Jared and <laughs> um, you know, why is her name escaping me? Uh, you know. Genevieve. Thank you, Genevieve. I couldn't remember her name for a second there. But their whole thing of saving the alpacas was just absolutely hilarious. So I think that episode is so, so good because stuff like that could go so terribly wrong. I mean, really, just so terribly wrong. But, yeah, I think Season 6 and Season 7 deserve a lot more credit than they get. So that's that's my other final thought. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up and we'll go around and have everybody say where they can be found. If you want to be found,
2: start with you, Sasha yep yeah, now that I've outed myself and in public, you can find me on Instagram at vegan geek chick and uh yeah, that's where you can find me. That's all I got. I don't have anything to plug right now, so
1: okay, awesome. And then Paula, do you want to be found? uh no, not right now, no. okay, that's fine. And then Aaron, yeah, I
0: only do Instagram. I don't do the Twitter. I'm sorry, but I am at geek and so
1: on Instagram. And This is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E.AprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Um, If you have anything you would like us to be sure to mention during this time when we're covering Supernatural, you can reach out to us via email at itsafandomthinkpod at gmail.com or you can reach out to us via our social media platforms. And please keep an eye on Twitter and Facebook, primarily Twitter. We are doing polls basically every day talking about different aspects of Supernatural and different things that are your favorites and stuff like that. So just keep an eye out for those polls and be sure to vote if you want to. And next week, we are going to be covering the Carver and Dab eras. So that should be a lot of fun and really interesting. And I think there'll be a lot of great conversation. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for
1: Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work the
0: by law, 80 plus terms and conditions apply, See website for details.